Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Everybody thinks the process didn't work because they haven't won yet. Yeah, it's not like it's, you're not guaranteed to win a championship. You still want to be got, in the middle. Yeah, you just don't want to be in the middle. Yeah, you, you don't want to be the, what the Pacers did for the last 20 years. No, I I agree with you. Like we we've built something there. Like people want to play there now. Like you got Joel's there. Like Tobias is there. Um, Jimmy came to Philly. Like we've had great players. Um, it's just a matter of putting it all together. Um, and that's that's what the process is. Yeah, or was. Welcome back. Midday show. Hugh Douglas, Joe Giglio, 215-592-9494. We'll get back to all your phone calls here on The Process as we go through it. It's been a decade. Was it worth it? Yes or no? Joining us right now to talk about it, someone who's been thinking about this and talking about it from day one. It is Spike Eskin from the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. Spike, how are you doing today? I can't believe we're still doing this. Didn't we do this during Once and for All during the pandemic? Oh, yeah, we're not supposed to do it again. I forgot. that Was that the rule of those shows? Once, well, Yeah, we broke that rule, Hugh. We said we would never do it again. Yeah, well, here we are. Yeah, we are. All right, so there's a lot to discuss here. But let's just start with the basic question because I was with you. I think, I think a lot of people were on board that this was the right idea all those years ago. Do it, and they screwed it up. But now that we've gone all these years from the start, was it worth it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think by far it was worth it. I think the fact that we're even talking about it means that it was worth it, right? And the fact that e- the f- that there's still maybe the-, the hope is less than it was a couple of years ago, for sure, but there is still a glimmer of hope that it does end the way that we had hoped that it would end, I think means that it was worth it. And I think also it was kind of a crazy story. And, and I think for that reason, I think it was worth it too. It wasn't boring. And I know the ultimate object is to win a championship, but the ups and downs and the crazy stories, I think have made it worth it in a different way as well. So, so who do you blame most in this situation? Cause I know a lot of people are talking about the players, Joel and B James Harden. I look at the organization and their inability to be consistent. So how do you look at this? Yeah, I think you have it right. I think, the it the wheels started falling off, and this isn't me being pro Hinky, which I was. But when they fired him, you know they've had four different sets of people making basketball decisions since him. That's too many. You know that's five over ten years. And you, you look at the most successful franchises in the league, and there is consistency. Who's running the organization? You know the Warriors just had a big change at the top, but there was consistency there. There's been consistency in Miami, and I think the fact that there has not been the same people making decisions for long enough makes 
makes all of this really, really hard. It makes it, you know, if you draft a player, you're more committed to that player's success than if you didn't draft the player. It's just human nature. So I think, I think that the, the fact that first it was Colangelo and that blew up in their face, then it was Brett Brown and David Heller and that blew up in their face, then it was Elton Brand and that blew up in their face, and now it's, it's Daryl. I think there's just been too many cooks in the kitchen. So your question was who's to blame. I think ultimately that comes back to ownership who had never owned a sports team before when they bought the team and have sort of learned as they've gone along. I think they are better now than they were. But it, the fact that there's just been so many different people making the calls here, that them succeeding would have been more of a surprise than them not succeeding. I'm sure you've thought about this, but how do you think this would have played out if they didn't push Hinky out? And, and there's a lot to it because his track record as a you know talent evaluator and drafter wasn't great to that point, and it turned out to not be great. It was really, really Joel Embiid, but he had set up all those assets. I almost think of it, Spike, like Howie Roseman. Like, is Howie the greatest talent evaluator? Probably not, but like he had a lot of draft picks and he traded for A.J. Brown and he's really good and the Eagles are really good because they have A.J. Brown. I think it would have worked better like and I don't know what would have happened have you, have you thought about it how what do you think would have happened if they just left Hinky alone there's so much to not know right I mean we don't he had never been in charge and your your point is true that they he did not do a great job at drafting at the top the only thing that I would say to that to play devil's advocate is he drafted Michael Carter Williams and then before anybody found out that Michael Carter Williams wasn't good, he turned him into more, right? So the 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 Okafor pick and then the Nerlens pick, who knows what happens if he is able to sort of assess and make the decisions when he should have made the decisions. I don't I truly just don't know what would have happened. I wish I had a better idea. I think they have to have had more success than they have had. I, I, I just think if, if they just sort of weather that storm, weather that Okafor storm and get through that, I think they probably end up with more success. But I think even Sam Hinkie would tell you he, he made mistakes, and those, those mistakes are part of the reason that he wasn't able to continue. So, and that he'll never be in the league again. He'll never do that again. So we'll never get a chance to find out what he would have done in that situation. Speaking of hindsight beer 2020, I, I have a question. Uh, Jimmy Butler, do you think that if Jimmy Butler would have been here, that we would have been in the finals? No. I think there's a lot of, <laughs> I have a long history with my opinions about Jimmy Butler, but there's a, a lot of revisionist history about how it happened with yep. Jimmy Butler. Yep. Um, there was no possible way, and this is easy to say now that it was, should have been an easy decision, but there's no possible way that Jimmy Butler and Ben Simmons were coexisting on the same team the next year. And knowing what we know now, sure, it would have been an easy decision to keep Jimmy, but at that point, Jimmy was 30. And Jimmy, by the way, at that point, was not the player that he is today. Jimmy had just gone through like six weeks where he decided he refused to shoot. Um, like it, it was a very difficult situation at the time. And the other thing I'll say about Jimmy, and you have to give Miami credit, is that consistency, that culture, the organizational infrastructure that can handle a player who can be a pain in the ass, the Sixers have never had. 16 months ago, Jimmy Butler was on the court 
threatening to fight Eric Spolstra. <laughs> yeah, that is if true. That, if that happened in Philadelphia, just the wheels would have come off so quickly, and and it didn't there. You know, they just sort of took that that hit and kept on going. And I just don't think the Sixers had, as an organization, had what it took to withstand somebody like Jimmy. So I would have loved to have the the best version of Jimmy. And I think he's obviously, you know, I would rather have him than James Harden, all those sorts of things. I just, I can't wrap my head around the reality of it actually succeeding the way that we had hoped with Jimmy. Yeah, it might have been just the perfect place for him and the perfect culture. And and it's obviously worked for them down there. Spike, other than Hinky being pushed out, is there one you think about, like one regret, one mistake that if you go back and change it? Because there's obviously so many, so many things they did wrong in the last you know, six or seven years to get them to where they're kind of stuck now. Is there one that stands out to you? I mean, they literally drafted two players at number one that either couldn't shoot or forgot how to shoot, which still just is remarkable. Yeah, I think it boils down to the, there's the hinky thing, there's the, the, tra- the faults trade, and, and actually, ironically, Trading for Jimmy Butler is what triggered the rest of the disaster because they trade for Butler a month in, they realize that it's not going to work with Butler. So they trade too much for Tobias Harris, who is in the last year of his deal, who then they end up paying a max contract to. So they spend two first round picks and uh, what's his name? Who's on the Suns now? Um, Landry Shamit. Landry Shamit for the right to overpay Tobias Harris. So that, that was pretty destructive as well. Um, and which, by the way, triggers the Al Horford signing <laughs> that, that following offseason, which you end up having to spend a first, you have to spend a first round pick to get off of Horford. You have to spend a first round pick to get off of Josh Richardson. Um, so I think it's the Fultz trade. It's the hinky thing. And it's that entire Butler Tobias Harris disaster that year. Yeah, the bet it's it's kind of ironic. The best year they may have had, or the best team, turned into you know setting the dominoes for all the nonsense that has happened afterwards. All right, Spike. Before we let you go, this off season, what's your feeling on on what happens and the James Harden decision? Should they let him walk, bring him back? Where where are you with Harden right now? So I would cut off my left pinky finger if they would just let him walk. <laughs> like I would give I I can't Joe Hugh, I have to watch all these games and I just can't watch him for a whole other year and have to I can't convince do it myself that it's good. Right? <laughs> I can't I just, do it I can't, either. I can't as a human, I, I I understand why they might want to do it. But Daryl, if you're listening, fleet for me Please, no. I don't want them to. I think we know he's obviously a really good player, but we know how it ends. And I think they are, he and Embiid, are, from a personality type, are the wrong two. Bobby to and Whitney. Together. I told Joe that yesterday. Bobby and yeah. Whitney. <laughs> yep. They, just, they bring out the worst in each other, right? <laughs> exactly. And, and I, I just, but I just, he will, if I had to bet, He's back for three years, $120 million. Mm. Oh, that, that just I feel sick just hearing that. I mean, that's a lot of money for three years. I, Who's going to pay? The, the Rockets don't really want him. I, I just I can't see him ending up anywhere else. Uh, maybe, but I, 
if I had to bet, I would bet on Harden back for somewhere between three years and 100, 120 million. I don't think anything sums up the Sixers' experience that than you saying you would rather lose a pinky than watch them <laughs> resign a certain player. That's, like that's, that's where we've gotten to. Are we gonna get anesthesia with that pinky loss? Or are you just gonna go ahead and go straight, just cut it off? Like, Give me the butcher knife, Hugh. <laughs> Give me the butcher knife. And if you want to negotiate, I don't need the other pinky either. I mean, if if I'm almost fifty, what do I need both pinkies for? I, you know, I can still type. It's like Ronnie Lott in the playoff game. Just take take the finger. I'm going to go keep playing. Spike, we appreciate you hopping on. I I, I was going to say this is the final.